Hi, this is Ellie from Dance Well Podcast, and today I'm at the Mark Morris Dance Center with Paula McCauley, who is a colleague of mine in the Wellness Center here. Um, Paula is a licensed massage therapist, a certified zero balancer who works with adults and children of all ages to bring about optimal health and well-being. With 30 years of experience as a hands-on healing arts practitioner, Paula draws on training in a multitude of bodywork therapies, dance, yoga, and meditation practices. Her intuitive somatic work supports the natural healing intelligence of the body to help clients release unresolved physical and emotional issues and empower health in body, mind, and emotions. Paula uses an integrative approach combining zero balancing, biodynamic cranial sacral, um, process acupressure, therapeutic massage, etc., to deal with musculoskeletal issues, chronic pain, headaches, injuries, stress, anxiety, and trauma. She's worked in numerous clinical settings, such as St. Luke's Roosevelt Samuel Center um, here in New York City, Sunstone Cancer Center in Arizona, Integrative Medical Department, Sierra Tucson, um, and she's volunteered um, as a programs coordinator and practitioner for Integrative Touch for Kids, also in Tucson. She was a former practitioner for Brooklyn Studios for Dance Wellness Cl Clinic and currently works here at the Mark Morris Dance Center Wellness Center as a massage therapist for visiting artists at Brooklyn Academy of Music. Um, so that's, that's her formal bio, um, but there's much more to the story. So Paula, would you mind just telling us how you came to be doing this sort of energetic body work that you do and um, tell us a little bit more about what zero balancing is. Okay, great. Um, I first began, um, as maybe a lot of uh, practitioners have come to this through my own injury. I had a back injury where the doctors wanted to fuse my spine. This was back in the 80s. And there was something in me that just said, no, this is not the thing to do. I'm 20 years old. It's, it's, there, there has to be some other answer. So at that time, all the modern dancers were seeking this person, Kathy Grant, and I called Kathy, and she would just say, she would just said, I'm too busy, and she would hang up on me. <laughs> and as soon as I heard her voice, I said, that person's going to help me. <laughs> so months later, she called me back, she says, okay, you can come in. And uh, she worked with me like twice a week uh, for two hours at a time, and... This is in Pilates. Pilates. This is Kathy Pilates. Grant. Kathy Pilates. Grant Pilates, yes. And um, after that was over, I was like, my back was stronger, I was better, I was back to dancing. It took me a whole year, but I got back to dance. And then after that, I said, okay, I'm not so much interested in dance, but I would like to devote my life to helping others wow. to, uh, to heal themselves. So she sent me, to, I told her I'd like to work with her. She sent me to Corolla Trier, one of the, the, they were two of the original people that actually worked with Joe Pilates. So I went to Corolla, trained with Corolla, and then Kathy allowed me to come back and, and, and assist her. And that was just a, an amazing opportunity. And at the same time, I worked, I worked for her and Corolla and then the Anderson Kasakoff studio that worked with a lot with the uh, city ballet dancers and ABT and the School of American Ballet. So early on, I got uh, a lot of uh, experience working with dancers. Uh, and then I just... Uh, somehow happened upon a job working with a physiatrist, Dr. Hans Krauss, who was um, originator of the um, trigger point therapy. Oh, yeah. And I was his assistant. So I got to see all these like areas in the body where, where the trigger points were. And I assisted him in the eject injections. I, I assisted the patients during the injections. And, um, and I learned so much from Dr. Krauss because 
he tried to get everybody away from having surgery and just get, doing the trigger point injections and then getting them on exercise programs. So he allowed me to teach the patients uh, the exercise and then at the same time I was getting more curious about the body. I went to study massage at the Swedish Institute and then he allowed me to start working uh, doing massage on his patients. So that was a, uh, a real eye-opener for me to just work on all kinds of people with very serious uh, back injuries. And um, then I, I was still pursuing dance and I was working with uh, doing a release technique class yeah. with uh, Barbara, uh, Barbara Mahler and Susan yeah. Klein. And I kept hearing them talk about this person, Fritz Smith. Fritz Smith. And, um, so one day I had this massage therapy journal and I saw Fritz's picture there and I said, that person is now going to be my teacher. And um, I went off and studied uh, with Fritz, who was the originator of Zero Balancing. And that's what brought me to this work that I'm doing today. Great. Um, so I, I feel like I started out in the more uh, physical realm and then just getting down to the more, more subtle levels of the body and the being. Um, and it's just out of curiosity that really led, led me here. And I feel like you know, it hasn't stopped here. I'm just yeah. more and more interested on you know, how deep can we go with this body, mind, and spirit. Yeah, I had the um, pleasure of having a session with Paula because I actually don't know that much about zero balancing. So we met, um, and she gave me a session in zero balancing. And um, yeah, this idea. So it was a very, but it's it's still a very physical experience. You yes. know, I've had other energetic body works that feel like a lot less physical body work. Yes, but it's still. Um, like you said, moving from movement and the physicality and getting down into the energy and the nervous system more and more and the um, place where the nervous system and the psychology all meet and integrate. So can you tell me, so what it, what's that yes. about with zero balancing? Yes, exactly. So um, in zero balancing, what we're trying to do is really get, to, we're working towards the wholeness of the being. And um, it's interesting that you mentioned the, the, this idea of it's, it's more structural than most um, energy techniques that you have experienced. And that's what's unique about zero balancing. We're working with both the structure and the energy of the body simultaneously. Um, and we work, it's, it, we work at, it's, we call it an interface touch. So uh, it, it's, a, it's a, a touch where we're not streaming energy into the body or we're not blending our energy with the body, which many other energy techniques do. Um, but we're meeting the person right where they are at the level of the bone. And the bone is the deepest level of our being. But it, the bone energy is also affecting the muscles, the tendons, the, the joints, and the fascia. Um, yes. Let's, so let, there's so, um, so many dense things in there. So structure, you're talking about um, how the structure and the energy interact. So can you explain a little bit more, like an example of what that means? Yes, exactly. In physics, you know, all phenomena are characterized by a particle and a wave. Okay. Right? So the structure is the particle uh -huh. and the energy is the wave. Right. So when we're looking at the body and energy and structure, the structure would be the anatomy. It's the mass, the matter, the physiology. Right? Okay. And it's objective. It's tangible. It's palpable. It's, it's, a, it's, it's visible. Right? Uh-huh. And then we're, that's, uh, that has to do with all the phys physical aspects of the being. Mm -hmm. And then the energy, which is the wave, 
is its action, its force, its movement, its vibration. And um, it's beyond the, the physical uh, part of our being. And it's subjective, it's intangible, invisible. And it also can, includes like our um, sensations, emotions, and it deals with the mind. So we're working with the belief systems of the, of the person, the consciousness, the feelings, the thoughts, the spirit, and the soul. Great, great. Um, you know, when I teach clients in Pilates, or even students, dance students, and um, it's this term energy, people can be very um, reactionary to it. Like yes. they suddenly have a bias that you're in some like hippy dippy, <laughs> like right. uh, really esoteric arena. But I always tell people like, well, what are calories? Right. right. They're units of energy. And nobody, nobody questions right. that. Nobody right. thinks that's hokusy pokusy, exactly. you know? And so, exactly. or I tell students like, well, prosthetics, like they work by putting in some, in some cases, by putting a probe into the muscle. And when the muscle engages, it electrically stimulates a machine right. to work, you know? Right. right. EMG, they put sensors on you. They sense the energy output. So exactly. I think it's great that you gave that, that definition from physics because it, it helps some of our um, more like uh, objective believers in Yes. into this work yes. and understanding yes. that it's... And I think it's be all becoming so much more, much more mainstream today, too. Totally. Right? It's it was been... maybe 10 years ago when I talked about energy, you know, like people would just like, you know, just cringe and just, you know, not be uh, receptive. Open to, to it, open yeah. To so yes. what's an example, like if you're putting your hands on someone's body, mm -hmm. um, so the session that I had with you, you started by looking at... Um, just sort of my mechanics, standing, a little bit of movement, but mostly um, some palpating and feeling. And then I was lying on my back, lying supine, and you you did a lot of hands-on, sort of like palpating the spine, moving right. your fingers. So what are some example of, examples of some structural, energetic junctions that you're coming across when you use your hands that way? Yes. So what we're doing is... Um we're using a skill touch to address the relationships between the structure and the energy, and we're focusing on the key foundation joints and semi-foundation joints. Mm -hmm. And these are the joints that um, help to conduct and balance the force of gravity, movement, and, um, and posture in the body. And we're using, a, it's like a fulcrums, it's, it's, it's like acupressure to the bones. And your fingers are the fulcrums. The finger, fingers are the fulcrums. So it's a, it's a balancing point around which the body will come into a state of rest and relaxation and reorganization. Okay. Okay. And um, what we'll do is, you know, apply uh, pressure into the bones or apply gentle traction, as you notice like, in some of the hip joints or in yeah. the ankle joints, we apply traction with a little uh, twist, uh, which brings it into two, a two-dimensional form of moving that energy through that body part. And the reason that we work with these parts is because they have to do with our uh, essential um, structure and movement in, in space. Okay. And if there are, you know, we're trying to release any of these obstructions in the body to help the energy flow more fully through the system so we can come to, the, the being can come into more, to amplify the vitality of the body. And another principle that we work with is um, we work with the interface, the fulcrums, and we work with bringing clearer, stronger fields through the body through that fulcrum touch. 
And what we're doing is um, the clearer field will override the dysfunction of unclarity that's already in that person, whether from maybe overuse, uh, repetitive strain, or an injury or trauma. And then the stronger force fields of energy we work with to, uh, they bring uh, clear, stronger fields that, hold, that overrides that holding that person in the way they, they're in their belief system. Their patterning. Their, patterning. their habitual, yes. habituation yes. of things. Exactly. So we're going below that. And also this touch, it helps uh, induce like an expanded state of consciousness. You may or may not have felt that in our session, um, but by holding these in these person a person in balance they can drop into these deeper places of like unity consciousness where we be, again we go beyond the conditioning um, and they're held less tight in in their um, who they think they are and they can also at that point drop below the pain body uh-huh. you know um, where they have that sense of unity um, and when harmony, and harmony, organization, and, and organization, right. where they, where the pain just right, is not right, there. Right. So just have for some people who are in chronic pain and never ever ever have an experience of that pain-free existence, this is an opportunity to feel that. And if you felt it once, there's you know there's right there's hope there's that you'll hope feel it again. Maybe the, you know there's some <laughs> so, that might feel that again. So yes. I, um, our listeners are starting to get to know my hip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I talked about with Alexandra Beller. I talked about the hamstring thing that I have, and uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. you know, I have this sort of like multifactorial problem with my hip. You know, right. it's like all different things, and right. um, part of it I think is mechanical. There's maybe like a labral tear or something. Mm-hmm. Part of it is habitual. It's like a pattern of standing a certain way. Right. Then of course it involves my psoas, which crosses the hip and is such an energetically sensitive muscle because it's you know going to react fight or flight it's you know it, we, we all the psoas is the site of emotion right in the body right. so like so in my body when you I don't mind I'm going to give you HIPAA permission to uh, oh, okay. <laughs> tell my story but like when you say when you were working on my hip right what how did some of the do you remember how any of these issues sort of manifested in right. that area and right. how you yeah, treat that yeah from what I remember from our session um I, I was doing a, applying a, a hip fulcrum, uh-huh. where, and um, I was actually going around the acetabular ridge and around into the hip joint around the greater, greater feeling it for a nexus of energy in the greater trochanter area, and I could feel a few little spots in there, and so what I try to do is just release those, so then after I release that that femur back into position, that that hip then has a chance to just really relax and come into its homeostasis. Uh-huh. At the same time, because we're working to placing a fulcrum into the hip joint, we're also affecting, and I could sense that too, that tight, little bit of that tightness that you had in your right uh, psoas yeah. muscle. Yeah. Yep. So um, as we release the hip fulcrum, that's also going to affect that um, relationship between the spine and the pelvis. Great. Um, and when, what does it feel like to you when you feel okay. that energy? Yeah. Well, it's kind of feel like uh, it's, it's kind of a, I think of like being empty or full, you know, uh-huh. like some of these spots just feel like they have a lot of density, ten- density and yeah. tension and more mass and um, less malleable. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And they kind of just, I feel like there's these little spots that kind of jump out at yeah. me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And we use, and like some people might say like, oh, I have a knot even. Or like the, you know, people right. talk about these. And actually, like when, when people talk about having a knot in mm-hmm. their muscle, like mm-hmm. scientifically, we, we don't know what that is. 
like there isn't really and I've asked several massage therapists and they say well maybe it's like adhesions of the yeah. muscle cell to yeah. the line or maybe you know yeah. so there's certainly room for all kinds of an interpretation interpretations yes. yeah or, or learning like yes. we're still learning what these things yes. are and it's not just mechanical it's not just like those cells are knotted together in a bow tie. Yes, yes. <laughs> but what I want to say is you bring that up, um, Ellie, it's like this idea of like, we need it all, you know? Mm-hmm. I want to work with everyone. I want to work with those, you know, those physical therapists that are just so skilled in knowing the yeah. muscles, joint, joints, and bones and how to manipulate and to release the, t- the fascia and, and the joints. And, um, and we, we need to work together. Right, and doctors who know how to do cortisone injections exactly. because sometimes, you're des- yeah, sometimes you need that. Exactly. <laughs> Desperate and, and also what this technique does, it, 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 it gets into that body-mind place where yeah. when you release these things, it will allow a person, you'll be working with a person and then a, a, they'll be speaking about uh, an experience they had maybe 20 years ago. Maybe it was an accident. And then they have this memory about what was going on in the accident. Yeah. And it's, so our whole biology is like held within our, um, within our bone tissue. It's in our, or in our, all our, tissue. all our right. tissues, right. all our tissues. So that's the beauty of this work. We're looking at not only the physical being, we're looking at what happened to them in their life, in their life processes. And those, those limiting things, those traumas, if they can release those, oftentimes that pain will never come back. Right. And that, that's what has been exciting to me about this process. Yeah. And I, I had the opportunity to work in a, um, to do a lot of these sessions in a, um, a center where we had a lot of trauma patients. It was mm-hmm. an addiction center. And it was beautiful because I could see how these techniques go below even the traumas and the addictions. You know, we can keep treating these addictions over and over and over. But unless we get to those underlying causes nothing is ever going to change. Totally. You know, this is such a, I mean, we're going like way off book here, but um, no, it's great. I, um, we have upcoming an interview with Marshall Haggins, who's also oh. a colleague of ours and Marshall. brilliant. And yes. we were going to talk about pain and it's just such a relevant issue right now. And, um, you know, I mean, we have a major societal crisis of like, you know, pain addiction and opioid, opioid cri- yes. addiction is, yes. and it's just really frustrating in our, line of work, I think, to hear, like, the way that societally this is being addressed, yes. you know, with, yes. um, nobody's talking about, like, why are people in so much pain, and, like, why are we not using all of these modalities that exist, why are these only, you know, and, and honestly, in our work, a lot of what we do is, like, for the privileged, you know, like, it's expensive to exactly. go and have private Pilates, exactly. it's expensive, you know, the a lot of great practitioners aren't able to take insurance because it really limits yes. how they can practice. Yes. And, you know, so, yeah, that's that's really interesting to hear. Yeah, and it's my dream that this work, the work that you're doing, the work that, that's going on in the somatic world, that is, is going to be more accepted. It is going to be accepted. by, And that's why it makes me happy that they're doing this research uh, on zero balancing right now. So it can be taken into into hospitals and mm-hmm. treatment centers where it's really needed, as maybe more so than some of the the pain uh, killers that the people are taking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's talk about specifically dancers and, um, 
you've been a dancer, you've worked with dancers. What do you think is really valuable about zero balancing for yes, dancers specifically? Yes. Um, just this past weekend, I was with a, a good friend who used to dance with City Ballet, and um, he was a modern dancer as well. And he was, I was just asking him, well, what, what, what helped you with the zero balancing? He said when he used to... Um, you know, do his regular daily classes and do his stretches and do his normal routines and do his meditation. He says when everything else failed, he would go and get a zero balancing session. Uh -huh. And he said that would always bring him back into him, himself to be able to deal with the rigors of his um, performing um, schedules. And, um, and also, it, it, it just um, helps to, um, like I said before, it's like, it's a, it works with the underlying causes. So when a dancer is, is having an issue and sometimes they go somewhere to have it fixed, they know that they can come to have a zero balancing session and it may just tap them into something they didn't even know about that was maybe causing the issue mm -hmm. and um, that they can resolve that issue um, by, it's like giving the medicine back to themselves, giving them the, the power to heal themselves. Right. You know, it's empowering them to become their doctor, their healer, mm -hmm. their inner knower. And um, that's what I love most about uh, the zero balancing. That's come up with a lot of our practitioners. Um, everyone from the life coach who we interviewed, Elizabeth Sullivan and Alexandra Beller, and um, even our progressing ballet technique episode, a lot of people talk about really wanting to get tools to dancers, yes, you know, really exactly. wanting to empower dancers. Yes, that's yes. something that I think a lot of people who work and wellness for dancers are really thinking about yes. another really relevant issue these days. Yes, yes. And that reminds me of um, another a major thing of working with the dancers is major life crises. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a company that came over from, um, from Europe, and it was a woman. She was in her 60s, and she had been performing for 30 years. Mm -hmm. And she performed in a piece that I had seen 24 years uh, previously with her in it with her yeah. in it with <laughs> right. her performing in it and she um she was like she, you know she came to new york and she was kind of like traumatized like i think she was reflecting yeah. on what she had done then yeah. and who she was and her body was in this you know she had just flown over the ocean her body yeah. was not in a very good state and she was really at this point a juncture of questioning whether she should continue to dance or not huh. So she was very open to receiving zero balancing, and um, I gave her a session, and she was very quiet through the whole session, and then she sat up and, uh, because she was talking about how all the young dancers, you know, they were 20-year-olds, she was 60, she was really feeling this, like, uh, this idea of being also replaced, uh -huh. that fear of being replaced. Right. And um, so at, and when she got up off the table, she says, yes, I'm, I, I realize it's not about me deciding to dance. The dance will, will end me. You know, I will know. The dance will stop will dancing through The dance will stop dancing through me. Wow. And it was just so beautiful then to see her, like, renew that spirit. And then I got to see the performance the next day, and she was just as radiant as ever. And then every day that, that they were here, she came and, and wanted a, a ZB session. That's so great. <laughs> I think also from my experience with it... Um, Dancers, to generalize, I mean, just based on what we know from dance science, um, the, the psychological well-being is, is like sort of the next horizon. Yes. You know, when I talk yes. to institutions and I say, like, what are you doing in the way of dance science? People tell me all the anatomy courses that they yes. offer, <laughs> you yes. know. Yes. And I say, well, what about talking about burnout? What about nutrition? Exactly. What about? And exactly. so I think, you know, and dancers say, 
we, again, to generalize, really love to work with the body. That's part of our yes. passion for dance yes. is the yes. action of the body. And um, I think it's hard. Like, talk therapy is difficult, perhaps, for some dancers. We're not Absolutely. talking isn't a big part of what we do. And Absolutely. so I think something like the work that you do, like, invites the psychology and the emotion and the mental state in but through the body, which is, I think, a way that dancers... Exactly. I mean, for myself, I know that always feels more comfortable. Yes, and they feel safe because yeah. it's, like it's actually coming from, it's the, it's coming from their body. And yeah. what I love about this work, it's like it's bringing to consciousness what's unconscious. Mm -hmm. So it's actually bringing them more into, into the fullness of their artistry, you know. Right. And um, yeah, yeah. And when I think of the zero balancing, too, I think of, like, you know, when we, when we go to a doctor you know, now, like you and I probably want to go to somebody that's really skilled at that, being able to see us, and we want the best doctor that's going to fix our, mm -hmm. our, our ailment, our, our issue, ailment, or, yeah. and, um, but we also want somebody that's going to sit there and really listen to us at the depths of who we really are, mm -hmm. because as dancers, we're, we're really in touch, we are in touch with that, we may not be able to, you know, express that and talk about it, but as a dancer, we express that on stage, so yeah. the more we get to be in touch with those deeper uh, feelings and emotions and our sensitivities, our vulnerabilities, the greater that we can be as dancers and embodied yeah. on stage. And Artists in life. and humans. And, and humans. Yeah. Yes, and the fact that, you know, dancers are human too, and they're experiencing the traumas, the, the stresses and the anxieties that we're all experiencing in a day-to-day -day life on top of these strenuous workloads and touring yeah. schedules yeah. and um, jet lag and... Yeah. You know, Dealing with personalities, and yes, then, yeah, yes. managing egos and exactly, exactly. competition and all those stressors. Right. And yeah. it's hard to just really have that sense of themselves sometimes. They, get lo they lose themselves sometimes uh -huh. in that, um, the stresses of what they're you know, being asked to do and um, maybe not so much being, maybe what they're asked to do and maybe not seen for what they truly are. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Mm -hmm. um, is there anything else? that you want to cover. We, we sort of skipped some things we thought we'd talk about and talked about other things we didn't expect to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't think of anything else at the moment. What's, what's next, Paula? You've gone from, you know, Pilates and being in that physiatry trigger point. Our last interview was with a physiatrist. Right. Um, and then you're getting into energy, and now the last time, um, the, the next horizon, when I, when I worked with you, you said, I kind of just want to meditate with people. <laughs> <laughs> what comes after the subtle layer? Of, yeah. You're getting more and more subtle. Yeah, What's next? Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I, I bow down to all my, you know, the people that I've worked with over the years, because they keep bringing me there. You yeah. know, they're bringing me there. Yeah. And um, yes, I really, in, I feel like what I've been learning in my meditation practices in yoga, I spent some time traveling in India and studying with some wonderful teachers in India, and then... Um, I have some wonderful uh, Tibetan teachers teaching me the, the philosophy of um, uh, the Tibetan energies and, and, and meditations. And I feel like what, what they're teaching me is also what's being discovered in, these, in science. Yeah. So I feel like totally. there's no separation. So I'm being more and more drawn to just sitting in meditation and just sitting and being with people so we can all kind of get to that place of deeper stillness and quiet and just... Um, you know, just listen. I guess it's, again, just listen to our own self to, to find that, to be in touch with that inner knowing. Yeah. Yeah.
So that's, that's what's uh, interesting to me at the moment. I've, done, I've also studied some of the biodynamic uh, cranial work, and it's very similar to the principles of insight uh, meditation and Vipassana meditation. Yeah, I think when you, you know you're onto something good when it aligns with all the other things yes, that, you, yes. that yeah, you like. Exactly. Um, great. Like, that's been a great discussion about um, career transition <laughs> and pain. And, um, so unless there's anything else that you feel... One thing I would yes. like to, to just say is what I love the most about uh, working with the dancers that I've worked with okay. is just their exquisite... Um, it's body's, you know, development and their exquisite sensitivities. And I just really love creating that space for them to come in and just be with their deepest vulnerabilities and their greatest um, gifts and their achievements and their aspirations. And I feel like uh, this work and working with the dancers has really, I feel like I've received more yeah. in the, in, in, than I have in really in the giving. And I'm just really humbled and honored to be able to see, to be inspired by their dedication, their hard work, their devotion, and it inspires me to really work deeper into the exploration of this mystery of the body, mind, and the spirit. It's a so, privilege, isn't it? It's sometimes? a total yeah. privilege. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So. Thank you so much, Paula. And Thank I'll you. see you around the wellness center. Yes, see you around. Great. <laughs> On behalf of Marissa and myself, Ellie Kushner, I want to say thank you to all of our listeners for joining us on this episode of Dancewell Podcast. Like what you hear? Go to iTunes or Stitcher or SoundCloud and search Dancewell Podcast to subscribe. We'll be releasing bi-monthly episodes with an emphasis on exploring 360 degrees of health and wellness for dancers. Have questions or want to get in touch? Email us at dancewellpodcast at gmail.com. Bye.